You're listening to Rosie Cole's Vaudeville Broadcast. This program may contain adult content, so if you're under 18, please either get permission or switch it off. Hello, podcast listeners. So this week, I am very, very excited to be in the presence of the gorgeous Lily Snatch Dragon. Hello, Lily. Hello. <laughs> For the people out in the world who may not have had the privilege of seeing you on stage or in life, uh, what is it that you do? Oh, well, I am a Thai lady from Thailand, and I actually come because I want to get married. Mm-hmm. And uh, how, did, how did you get to the UK? What I do is I buy big box, like crate box made of wood, and I get in the box, and I have little food and some water, and I ship myself in a boat for six months. That is a really long time to be in a, in a box. Long, long time. You know, I used to be like size 18. But if you want to lose weight, like safely, <laughs> you get in box for six months with lots of water, not too much food, and you lose all this weight. <laughs> it's a true story. I'm not lying. So yeah, I come, I come here and I think to myself, what best way to find husband? What, what is the best way? Please tell well, our listeners. How am I going to show myself so people know that I am single and available and I'm single and ready to mingle? <laughs> so on stage, everybody see me, right? Yes. So I take up cleaning, picking up clothes for uh, performers and I advertise myself on stage. Oh, you ad- advertise, right, got it. Right, huh? yeah. You know, like big billboards. But, but on stage. On stage. Yeah. Because people come who to see show, they must have money because they want to see all pretty lady and pretty men yeah. dancing or like doing magic. So, so have you managed to get a husband? No, yet? not yet. I have some proposals, but I'm not happy. Oh, no. No, what? because they don't give me the thing that I want. The most, I mean, they say, oh, yeah, we give you passport and then you can stay in England. But I want good washing machine, like eco-friendly one. And they don't, they say they will not buy me. And a good Dyson, like the pet one, I like so much. <laughs> and a handheld Hoover, I want to. Dyson. Yeah, Dyson, they're the best brand. Okay. Good suckage. <laughs> Lily likes suckage. <laughs> Ding, ding, I so good. But that's more expensive than the Dyson. I just saying. Contact me on Facebook if you want prices. I was going to say, so you've been in England for a while, so I assume you've um, assimilated, which may have changed your, your voice slightly. Yet, what I do is I watch lots of Pride and Prejudice, and I've been listening to BBC Radio 4, and I listen to the accent. Mm-hmm. Because I want to be English so much. Could you give us a taste of the, the English, English accent? Of course. The rain in Spain mainly falls on the plain. <laughs> I, I think we can uh, transition <laughs> to regular Lily. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> that was... Um, I don't think I've ever had anyone be in character for that long on the podcast before. Really? Yeah. Obviously... Uh, the Thai Lily Snatch Dragon yes. that we met is uh, a character. It is indeed. A very... one, one of three. 
actually. Oh, yeah. I, wasn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that Lily Snatch Dragon in general represents all of Southeast Asia mm-hmm. because we all look the same. <laughs> so um, I actually have um, a Thai Lily who is based on um, stereotypes. Mm-hmm. I have a Chinese Lily which is based on suppression of women. Mm-hmm. And I have a Japanese Lily which is mostly just like movies and like, you know, cosplay fun stuff. Yeah. Kind but of like I yeah anime and, yeah. yeah and like I think that's more of like a costume thing yeah I think that's just more of like a you know a visual thing yeah for sure uh, yeah because like I mean with you know all three at the moment can be incredibly visual mm. but I think you know I think the Japanese one I think is the most fun yeah for me yeah super kawaii yeah, yeah. I love it I love it so it's cute. yeah having met you obviously and worked <laughs> with you I know that like obviously Lily Snapdragon the character the many facets of the character the several characters didn't like spring up out of nowhere overnight so as a performer when did you first sort of realize that you wanted to to go on stage what like in in general or just yeah, for like just the in general time? like where was the urge to be like i want to be a performer when always that, yeah for when i was like from from when i was little i was an attention grabbing hooker from then <laughs> it was always like if, if I wasn't you know having an older sister and we were very competitive with each other mm-hmm. you know for attention and everything and I was com- I'm incredibly competitive anyway yeah. so if my sister was getting attention then I would be like oh oh well that's not happening so if we were ever like having like a you know like my mum was ever holding a party I'd be the one sharing all of my chocolate that I was given for Halloween and I would share them out because then I was the sweet nice one and you know I would get all the attention but mm-hmm. I always wanted to to perform like I was saying before that you know my mom asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up and my sister was like I want to be a nurse and help people and I was like <laughs> and I was like fuck that shit <laughs> and she's like what do you what, what do you want to be when you grow up and I was like I want to be Michael Jackson's background dancer and singer <laughs> and then that went on till I was about eight and then when I was eight I decided I wanted to be an actor and that I was going to go to Lipper I decided when I was eight that I was going to go to because I when I remember because it was in the newspaper that Paul McCartney had opened Liverpool Institute Performing Arts. Yeah. And I remember looking over my shoulder, my dad and my dad was like, "Look, it's a drama school, Paul McCartney." And like, my dad loves the Beatles, and I was like, "Daddy, I'm going to go to that school." And I wanted to go to Lipper, you know, until I actually did another course instead, mm-hmm. um, and I got accepted. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which course did you get accepted onto? Acting. But then I did, I went to East 15 and did World Performance instead, which was a brand oh. new course at the time. So we would yeah. have been guinea pigs. Mm. And it basically studies um, theatre from all around the world. So no theatre, uh, Chinese, Jingju, Chinese opera, African drumming and dance, Balinese dance, puppetry, that neutral sounds- mask. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Is it still going? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we were the first graduating year. Yeah. Um, and I am so happy that I went with my gut and decided well performance. Mm. Because then Lily, I, Lily wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. Wow. So how did you find that course? Like, um, actually, because I applied for the acting course, and when I went for my audition, um they actually called a whole bunch of us into a room and told us about this course and thought that we were suitable for it. Mm. Um, and they said, who would be interested? And they said, raise your hands. And I was like, nah, I want to do acting. That's what I want to do. And I left the room. I left the room and then I went outside and I was like, 
what have I got to lose? Mm. So I ran back upstairs and I said, is it too late to put my name down? And he was like, absolutely not. So he put my name down and then I got accepted and I was like, oh, what do I do? Yeah. I've wanted to go to the, like, to Lippa since I was eight, but then this brand new course sounds really interesting. And I just, I went with my gut. I'm really happy I did. Yeah, I'm really happy you did as well. Yeah. So what was the actual course like? Amazing. The first year was like, we did a lot of like Western theatre, like the whole basis of stuff. But the best thing was, was that my lecturer, Nicholas Logue, um, he's insanely amazing. He's like this like big American guy um, who like writes books for um, like role play games. No. Yeah. Honestly, look him like up. He's one of the best GMs. Thing. He's one of the best GMs ever. That is the coolest thing in the yeah, whole world. Yeah, we used to play quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, he. but he also trained in China for Jingju, Chinese opera. Mm. And he can do the box splits. And he's amazing. Speaks fluent Mandarin. He's insane. He's awesome. Um, Could this person get any cooler? Um, he's married to a Japanese Hawaiian awesome wife. Like she, taught, she taught us hula dancing. My mouth is open. I don't know you guys are. I just made a like jaw floor face. And she's That's... one of the best directors I have ever met. Oh my god. She's. I think she's actually on the brink of in like insanity. Like she's got a, an amazingly high IQ. Mm. That it's. She's almost insane. And she's insane. But she makes <laughs> so within theatre. Genius. Yeah, she really is. That's so cool. She's amazing. Um, yeah, and they live in Hawaii. Wow. But you studied with them? Yes, I studied with both of them and like Nick taught us Chinese opera. Mm. So that's a lot of like martial arts based. And I really took to doing, I really enjoyed, like enjoy, I really enjoy all the fighting elements with like, you know, and like using staff and stuff. And we did a bit of stage combat as well. But I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I like, I like fighting and I kind of forget that it has to be pretend. <laughs> so like, and I just don't think I'm like, I, I love it, but I'm not really that good at it yeah. um but i really took to the graceful of like, the chinese water sleeves mm. so i took separate classes like i would come to london and i did like basic training like it honestly is basic training like mm. i wouldn't classify myself in any of like in any of the stuff that i do in regards to like performance it's just a base that i have like i don't claim to be a professional in any of it mm. it's just i've i've had training in it so it's yeah. you know but it it does it's so fun. it's like so hard to draw the line when you call yourself a professional. But if like yeah. you can train in something and definitely have it influence your art, yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's still a really lovely, legitimate way of kind of like honouring your training. Yeah, I think so. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you spend twenty five thousand pounds on three years of drama school. <sighs> it's so painful to say. Isn't it is it? really painful to say. You know, and it's like, and I really struggled after I graduated. You know, you you know you can do all the what's that saying? Uh, something of trades, master, jack of all trades, jack of all master tra- of none. Exactly. Yeah. So I can do all these little things, but I can't actually apply to actually because mm. I'm not a trained professional. Them. It's just I've yeah. had like a glimpse into it, so it allowed me if I wanted to further my training in it, I could. Mm. So it makes it really difficult, like especially with like looks wise and everything. You know, the acting world is really based on looks. It it really is, yeah. particularly. So I was going to say, were you, you weren't based in London after you graduated? No, I stayed in South, because I trained in, I was at, went to uni in South End. So I was there for three years and I stayed an extra year because I just couldn't afford to move to London. It's just so expensive. Yeah. Um, 
so I, yeah, I stayed there for a year and then, and then I moved to London. Mm. Um, and that was real tough. That year in between, was that, did you have an agent on graduation or was it sort of just trying to get as much theatre as you could before? Um, on my, oh my God, on my showcase, mm-hmm. I had one agent come up to me and went, you were absolutely phenomenal. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. And he was like, yeah, it's just, it's, it, it's just, basically he said, it's just such a shame because I was like of my looks. Like, because I was Asian, and I, he was like, it's just, I just don't see, you know. And, what? And I wasn't quite sure if it had happened. And I thought maybe, maybe it's because I've just like post, post show like euphoria. Yeah. That I'm really not understanding what he just said to me. Yeah. But he basically said that I was really good, but he wouldn't take me on because of how I looked. That's horrendous. That's really horrendous. Like, some agents may think that. Yeah particularly with when they've got like I know for a fact that in drama schools are like well we've already got one tall redhead this year we can't mm. take another and some perfectly talented yeah. amazingly able person won't get the play yeah. because they've already got the tall redhead yeah so there is that like kind of covert well I will take you and I won't take you because of how you look because I've already got similar casting or I've yeah. already got this but like to have someone actually explicitly come out and say it and also because you're Asian like just those two layers yeah I was really confused <laughs> I would be I would be confused too because yeah. when at that age you're also like you're so young and like full of hope for the world you've just had such intensive training and you're like I'm I top of my late. game and hmm? I did go to uni late though so it's wow. like but still like you're coming out and being like mm. yeah but there's you know you're still you're still young you're still yeah. fresh in the industry you're still quite green yeah so there's still that kind of yeah and I mean I knew I knew it wasn't going to be easy like, I was fully aware of, like, the risks that I was taking pursuing this career. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not stupid. Yeah. I, I know how hard it is, and I know how tough it is, and I know it just takes one break, and I, you know, I knew that I was going to have to work a full-time job, and I knew I was going to have to do 40 hours as well as trying to fit in applying for jobs and going for auditions, but that's how much I wanted it. I didn't want to live my life looking back and going, I sh- could have done this. And that's the reason why I went to drama school. Mm. I was like working as a receptionist. I was engaged. And like, I was like, is this my life? Wow. Am I going to get married? Am I going to just have babies and work as a receptionist? Oh my God. That is such a huge <laughs> life change. Yeah. So then I like, like turned to my fiance at the time and I was just like, I want to go to drama school. I want to. I want to try at least try, and he was wonderful about it. Like he drove me to every single audition, to Manchester, to Liverpool, to like Bristol, like everywhere. Like, wow. He was really good about it. But then it just got to the point where it was just like I. I once I got in, I was like, okay, if I'm gonna do this. Like I, because I, I filled out my application, I didn't actually send it off. He sent it off. I chickened out. But I didn't want to like, the last thing I wanted to do was like live my life where I at least didn't try. I didn't want to be that person. Yeah, of course not. So yeah. now that like, once I graduated, I had to make it work. I had to make something work. Going And I did, I did have an agent, but it was still really tough. And she put me through for some really good things. But like most of it, I just got critiqued on like how I looked. And it, throw, it really threw people off. My accent threw people off. Wow. My accent still throws people off. That's crazy. That's that's really crazy. I'm gonna say the kind of the opposite happened for me because I think I saw you on stage first, so yeah. that accent threw me off. Yeah, on stage. 
And that's great, but it's meant to. Yeah, exactly. But then to have people thrown off by the fact that you taught perfect RP English is is pretty... That's a bit of a wake-up call, yeah. if nothing else. Like, Well, that's how Lily came about. Like, just because it was... Like, Lily is based on, like, Western stereotypical views of East Asian women. Mm. And it was because I got asked, working as a waitress... Like, I've had the things where I've gone over to a table, haven't even opened my mouth, and I've, I've immediately gone, we would like one Coke, no ice. And, like, I would then, like, I, I've had times where I've just gone, okay, no problem. And then I've served the next table in a pure English accent. Because I was just like, fuck you, asshole, judging me before I've even opened my mouth. And I've gotten, like, you speak English really well. How, when did you learn English? And it's like, I grew up speaking English, you fucking asshole. Oh my God. Or like, oh, and I genuinely got asked, and I still can't believe this, and I, he must have been joking, he must have been. But he was like, so when did you, did you come to England to find, like, to get married and find a husband? And I laughed, because I thought he was joking, but he was pure ass damn serious. I, like, you know when you're like, Yes, racism is something that happens in the world. Yeah. And I know it happens. Like, I fundamentally know it happens. But to have experiences of that so directly shoved in front of your face... Yeah. ...so often, in a way that I'm not sure people would to someone who were, you know, from a different part of the world... Yeah. That's shocking. I... That's... Maybe I just live in this, like, ridiculously liberal little bubble. I probably do. (laughs) I probably, like live in a really disgustingly like socially liberal enlightened set and I don't really interact with people who say shit like that but that to me that people still will actually say to your face that kind of awful thing yeah because I was really surprised I was really surprised because I've never really had that much racism you know like you know when you're little you know I used to get you know chinky chunky Chinese you know Lily went to milk a cow then chinky chunky Chinese Lily didn't know how when chinky chunky Chinese Lily pulled the wrong tip chinky chunky Chinese Lily got covered in shit like, that's, like, the thing I used to get chanted at me, and then I kicked him in the nuts, and then he just never did it again, so it was oh, fine. fair enough. But, like, I never really had it that, yeah. that bad. Like, I get it now and again, and I'm still genuinely shocked by it, because yeah. I, I personally really haven't experienced, experienced it. it that much. But it was, like, getting all that stuff, like, during waitressing for, like, you know, a year, most of it was tourists and people asking. And, oh, jeez. You know, like, on, on now and again, I'll get, you know, someone, like, go, like, ni hao, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> uh, not Chinese, but good nice general try. effort. I don't know, like you know, and I get people like you know, speak to me in like Malaysian and stuff, and I'm like, I don't know what you're saying to me. Oh my god, <laughs> I actually don't know what you're saying to me. Oh and the thing is, like, god. I don't actually speak Thai at all. Wow, I speak yeah. enough to like get me around. Yeah, and I am half half, but like I grew up speaking English, so yeah. I don't. Does that become a thing with you? Like, yeah. where are you from? Yeah, I get a lot of like, where are you from? And I'm like everywhere yeah because it is generally everywhere because i was born in saudi arabia oh cool yeah my dad hates england um <laughs> it's, it's the cold it's it's genuinely the cold yeah like he ref- like he genuinely asked if he had to come to my graduation because it was like october and he was like that's some cold shit i'm getting into like <laughs> do i have to come and i was like yeah daddy yes please like <laughs> You came to my sister's, you know, can you come to mine? Like, it's only fair. And he's like, bloody hell. I was like, Branston pickle pork pies? He was like, all right. He's from Liverpool, so it's like, yeah. 
like born in Saudi Arabia and then we moved to Cyprus and I lived in Cyprus on the Greek side yeah um for seven years and then we moved to Thailand after the Gulf War wow yeah because dad was like in Kuwait when the Gulf War happened and he escaped through the desert oh my god yeah that's Um, a story or two yeah he's got he's got like an awesome story about him trying to like steal like a gun he found in the desert like one of those big ass like big things and he actually put it in the back of his truck apparently and got stopped by the American like army and was like uh sir you you can't take that I'm really (laughs) apologetic for my accent um and he was like well why not it was just left there finest keepers right if you're just gonna leave shit in the middle of the desert I'm gonna fucking take it yeah he was like yeah he was like I thought it looked really good outside my office you know the flower bed um and they didn't let him take it they confiscated it but he got some pictures and stuff that's cool yeah but after that mum was like right we're living together like after that war shit I I don't want that to happen again so then we moved to Thailand and then I lived there for seven years and then when I was 16 mum was like you're gonna go live in England with your sister and I was like oh I was a rebellious child hmm so that I moved to England when I was 16. That is literally living everywhere. Yeah, and then I've lived like all around the UK. Like I started off in Reading, and then it was Northampton, and then I lived in Chester for a little bit. And then after Chester, moved back to Northampton, and then went to St. Neots, and then in South, the South End for uni, mm. and then London. Get around, girl. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> a traveling village bicycle. <laughs> So after drama school, having had this incredibly culturally rich upbringing, (laughs) suddenly being confronted with complete wankers, it sounds like. Yeah. Was this in Southend or was this also London? Um, No, do you know what? Southend wasn't that bad at all. I'm sorry on behalf of the the people of London. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was mostly London. Yeah, it was mostly tourists that were like, you know. Okay, then I'm not sorry on behalf of the people of London because London is a tourist too. (laughs) But it was all right, yeah. Like I, I mean, like you know, it was great. Like I was just coming up, and I was like, "Why is this happening?" And like I, um, Ruby with three wise Jones moved mm. in with me, and um, in co- and I met her via Miss Cairo because mm. I went to uni with Cairo for a year before she left. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't like her. Really? God, I, no, I really didn't like Cairo. <laughs> I was like, does Cairo know this? Yeah, of course she knows. Yeah, she knows the story. I really didn't like her. She showed up to like this party. And she was like 18 and all like la 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 la. And I was just like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. And I really didn't like her. But like once she left, like, um, she kept like a blog. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to, for, as, you know, as a drag queen. Mm-hmm. And I read her blog like every week or every time a new one came out. For some reason, I just read it. Mm. And I was really interested in what she was doing. And then she wanted to move in, but she um, it wasn't the right month. So she put me in contact with Ruby. And I was like, oh, what does Ruby do? And she was like, oh, she's a burlesque performer. And I was like, oh, really? Mm. And I've always been interested in burlesque. Yeah. You know, it's so, fa- like, it's so fascinating. I went to go see an evening of burlesque um, at the Crystal Palace Theatre in South End, And I was blown away. Like, I loved it. Just, like, the confidence and the grace and, like, the whole beauty of all of it was amazing. And I started researching all about burlesque, like you know my final year of uni mm. and like in the year I was off um and I really wanted to give it a go and I came across Joe King's um London School of Burlesque and I was like in awe and I saved up all of my tips for a like a two-hour private session with her wow um and I was gonna book it 
but then I really wanted I had to move to London because I was like if the contract was coming up and I didn't want to stay in Southend again and I had to use that money to move to London so I was like oh this sucks so when I found out that Ruby was a burlesque performer I was like oh hello hello and I was like oh so you know Miss Curry tells me you're a burlesque performer she was like yeah I am and I was like oh I'm really interested and she was like oh really and I was like yeah she goes so what would you do and I was like oh well, do you know, I went to go and see this evening of burlesque and I loved it and I was great. But what I would really like to do is I'd like to bring traditional art forms into burlesque. Like, I really think it needs it. Like, you know, like Chinese opera with Chinese water sleeves or like, you know, Jingju and like putting like, you know, fight work and like, but stripping at the same time. I bet that was music to Ruby's ears. Yeah, she, she loves that kind she of She did, because she was like, do you know what? I want to do a show called Asian Invasion. And yeah okay and she was like okay we'll learn about it because I because I'm watching like I was like I love watching loads of forms of dance and like this guy I was seeing he took me to a battle like a hip-hop dance battle oh my god it was insane and then like all these people were like dancing and like you know like b-boys and hip-hop you know like it was awesome like whackers they're awesome but there were a bunch of girls that were like dancing and I was like, do you know what would be so good if she just took her top off right then? <laughs> if she just ripped her shirt off, that would make that bit so much better. It would be like in your face, like I've totally won this. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's what it needs. Like burlesque needs like more traditional art forms. And it does like, it, you know, like there's a um, a page on Facebook I called um, Big Sister... Like mm. the big sister, like burlesque project. Yeah, project. The yeah, the sister, yeah. sister, little sister yeah. thing. That's quite a new thing, isn't it? It is quite yeah. a new thing. But they posted this thing saying, you know, what offends you as a performer, like on stage. And I haven't writ- written on there yet. But like, for me, I find it annoying when performers dress up as like geishas. And they do geisha burlesque as and I completely understand why they do is because the aesthetic is so pleasing and it's beautiful. And it's such a character as well. Of course the it idea is. of the geisha yeah. has become a character with a very specific set of connotations that's very removed from your own yes. personality. But do they actually understand what they're doing? Some do, and if they do, then like then that's different. Mm. But it's when they just use it as an aesthetic that it really frustrates me. Yeah, it turns a culture into a costume. It does, and that's what's aggravating. Like, I'm I'm not saying I know anything about geishas. Like, I know a little bit, but, you know... Yeah, I can dress up as one because I'm Asian. Like, for me, I feel uncomfortable about mm. it. Like, we did a show with Raja last night, and I really oh, wanted yeah. to... Yeah, and I really wanted to wear a sari, but I wouldn't wear it because I don't know how to wrap it. Mm. For me, like, if I'm going to do something I want to be taught how to wear it correctly. I don't want to throw a piece of material over me and call it fucking sorry. Yeah. For me, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Or, like, when people do, like, Southeast Asian, like, you know, costumes, if they understand, you know, like, Yuzura Entertainer, she's a Japanese performer, she works a lot with Torture Garden. Mm-hmm. She does Jap- aerial Japanese bondage. Whoa. She understands bondage. She's trained in it. She knows it. That for me, that makes the artwork so much more, and that's that's what really aggravates me in the sense, and that's what I really wanted to bring was I wanted to bring a bit more, and it has kind of faded, I guess, the longer I've done it because at the end of the day, we all need to make a buck and we all need to pay our rent, so obviously you kind of like do what you want, but like initially, 
Lily was meant to be an incredibly traditional, like traditional clothes, traditional, mm. you know. I do some like Thai dancing in it, in like some of my performances and stuff, but like Lily is like, for Thai Lily is more of like the stereotype, so it is very like cheesy and very. Yeah. But I always like to make a point with my acts. You met Ruby Jones basically through Cairo. Yes. So once you kind of had that vibe about burlesque how did you go about actually getting into it like did you take lessons or did ruby just kind of like take you under her wing or? ruby kind of took me under her wing both her and and cairo both took me under their wing and the first like neo burlesque show i saw was ruby's was save save ruby jones june that was the wedding show and that was like was that i think it was her I first was one the first one yeah yeah first one and I was really late, and I walked into uh, Meth or Mr. Mistress at the time, doing a, a an equality act, um, and he was like, and I was really blown away, and I was really like, oh. I didn't really know what to make of it, mm. but like Ruby walked out, and all she was wearing, she was wearing like a a, f- a fur white coat, and pasties, and leopard print leggings. And I always had this in my head because I really wanted to start doing classical burlesque. That's mm. what I wanted to do was classical. Um, but bringing in like Chinese water sleeves, I felt that it would, you know. Super elegant. Yeah, super elegant, super graceful. And the, yeah. the lovely extensions yeah. that all go together very, very well. Yeah. yeah. I was a size 14 and I was like, God, that's not going to happen. Because in my head, and also, you know, also being raised very traditional asian in like how you're meant to look and how you're meant to weigh blah 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 we all carry some yeah yeah of course yeah of course i mean everyone does it you know um but i in my head i couldn't be a burlesque performer because i was really insecure about my size and i didn't think i could do it unless i was a size eight well also i will say that the acting industry will totally do that yeah absolutely yeah but you were telling me before we turn the microphone on about what that happened in that audition yeah, yeah, going to like, you know, a, you know, a commercial audition and doing your lines and like doing everything and being told you're brilliant, you're exactly what they're looking for, but you're too, yeah, you're too fat. You're too fat and your boobs are too big. And being like, you know, being told by like your mum and your relatives is one thing, but being told by complete strangers who are actually just watching you, it's, it's you know makes you feel it really does yeah (laughs) yeah it makes you feel things and like even at drama school like our final year we had one year our showcase was one a a show that we had to put on that we had to write produce direct choreograph everything we had to do ourselves in in a group and i wanted to play the mistress Mm. and we basically kind of like auditioned and we set why who we thought should play what character and they wanted me to play the rebel, but I wanted to play the mistress because I could play the. I I thought I could play the mistress really well, mm. and one of the arguments for me not to play it, and he tried to put it in a really nice way. Bless him. I mean, he's still a really good friend of mine, so it's fine. But he was like, you know, think about you know in like Victorian times, curvier women were sexy, and I was up against um, one of my other really good friends who is an amazing, beautiful dancer. Like she is stunning, and. And I was like, God, this is really uncomfortable. They won't cast me as the mistress because I'm curvy. And at the end of the day, it all worked out really well. Yeah. Because I was really happy with the role that I got. But that was part of the conversation. Yeah. 
and I didn't want it to be part of the conversation. Yeah. Seeing Ruby wearing what she was wearing and her looking so like really beautiful and so confident. Yeah. Made me think, fuck you, I can do this. If she can walk around in like pasties and a jacket and leggings and look amazing and not give a fuck, so can I. So, so that's why I came. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 she was. Yeah. But that's Cheers. great because, like, you do, you do, especially, I think, for women. I don't know. I can't speak as a man, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Nor would I want to. That would be rude. Yeah. But I think being being female, there's such a scrutiny on yeah. how you look. And also, you just know, I think, growing up as a woman who is outside of that, that range yeah. that people like in terms of height and in terms of size yeah. because the, the height thing comes into it it's a fellow shorty yeah. the height thing comes into it <laughs> you're aware you're so aware of it and it was great because I, I, I really didn't have any body confidence I literally had none and I remember being in this room and they were like oh they were try, they were making a costume or something and they were trying they said to me to try something on and they actually made me like strip down in my bra and underwear and they were like if you can't do if you want to do burlesque if you can't do it in front of two people who are your friends, then you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, they're right. Wow. And I was so uncomfortable. And like, even just like getting my boobs out, I was like really shy and really nervous and really scared. And like, I didn't like my belly. And I was like, Ugh. but like just being with them and then like meeting Maxi and meeting meth and them just like feeding me confidence and like Lolo Brow as well because Lolo Brow gave me my first show like she known me for like a week and she asked me to like kit in her show and like just all that like you know having people who are really honest with me saying right okay well this didn't work mm -hmm. but this worked you're good at this and you know you need to like maybe try this and try you know doing this and just being around them and watching their confidence and really made me more confident yeah and like I did burlesque I kittened I stage managed like or like, oh, I kittened for burlesque and Matt Fraser was on he asked me to come on and he was singing run free born born free sorry mm -hmm. and like everyone started like stripping on stage and I was like that that wasn't in the memo. 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 And Kyra's like, come on! And then she's like stripping off as quick as anyone else. And I just went, oh god, oh god, fuck it, 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 fuck it. And I just like, I was wearing high waist knickers, which I couldn't take off because I was wearing boots and as well. But I was like top naked, like no pasties, nothing. I was like, fuck it. And it was great, and I loved it. And it was so exciting because I was like, I'm naked and everyone's cheering. <laughs> and I think from then I was like, I just want to take my clothes off. <laughs> I just want to do it. Fuck it. And it was great because like the whole process of like, because I had an idea of what I wanted to do with Lily and like, I knew I wanted to do Western stereotypes. Mm. And I knew I was going to do a tie because I was the one I was most comfortable with and I wanted to do accents. And eventually I was going to have a Chinese accent and a Japanese accent and like change it up and stuff. And then I was thinking, oh, it'd be great if I could do it, like, in a story. So, like, when I come out with acts, they're actually how Lily's progressing mm. through living in England. 
So then I was like, Thai beginnings when I come out of the Chinese laundry bag and I've got the placards. That's the introduction to Lily. Yeah. So if I've never done a show before, that's the act I generally always do. If I do two acts, then I've got another act that follows on yeah. from that. So it's a gradual storyline. I want to have ten... Like ten the, chapters of like, Lily. Yeah, the life of Lily's yeah. dragon. Like Thai Lily. So then I yeah. can have... I've got ten acts. I could do them in any order. And I can always do an introduction or I can do two other ones. Yeah. But I know at the end... For number 10. And I'm saying this now, so it's kind of copyright. I want to do a shotgun wedding. Ah, yes! I want Lily to end with a shotgun wedding where she, like, makes someone marry her because she's had enough. That's so funny. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely yes. So that's that's the plan. So I think I've got four acts now for Ty Lily. Mm. So, yeah. So I do do the one in the bag, and then I've got English Breakfast... That one's slightly Which interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm really it's sad I don't get to do that before. more. Yeah. More than once, actually. I'm really sad I don't get to do that more often. I got to do it in Finland last year for the um, Turku Burlesque Festival. That's so cool. And that was amazing. Like, I loved, I loved doing that act. I've only done it, like, four times, which is really sad. It's just so messy. Because you say, like, English breakfast. Yeah. But, like, people who haven't seen it, obviously. Yes. Who will be listening. Basically, uh... <laughs> um, Lily comes out reading a manual um western sex for the southeast asian woman a basic manuel um and it's just like it's actually got quotes on using like food within sex and how to entice your man and like you know lily like knows oh the way to a man's heart is to his stomach so you know she can cook for him or like have food and like men like you know white men in quotation marks like food and they like sex oh well let's just you know but she kind of gets it a bit wrong so I kind of do like a, in quotations, classical striptease yeah. um, to how she like your eggs. Yeah. Um, and then it goes to, uh, she then reveals um, a tray of English breakfast ingredients. Um, and it turns to me so horny. <laughs> and uh, basically I've stripped down and I've got an egg pasty, a tomato pasty and a bacon sandwich. Uh, Merkin with HP sauce in the back made by Miss Cairo Um, and I proceed to pour orange juice sausages uh, raw bacon I spank myself with raw bacon Uh, I crush tomatoes um, crack eggs raw eggs on me and the baked beans are like the kind of finale but then I get because I usually choose an audience member to be my oh this is if you were my husband we're going to role play this is what you get (laughs) so I actually have a guy that's there who I've done like the strip to and stuff and I give him a bottle of HP sauce and he gets to squirt it all over my rear (laughs) (laughs) oh I love it yeah although I once had a guy I did it for geranium for Lolo and the guy I picked had a baked bean phobia Oh, no. <laughs> and I was wondering why he looked like so afraid, and it was generally because like he was like what <laughs> he actually couldn't look. Oh god, he actually couldn't look, and I thought, God, is this really offensive? <laughs> like, is this really that offensive? Yeah, no, no, it was, uh, it was a genuine phobia. Of a genuine beans. phobia of babies. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met anyone with a baby. Me neither. Phobia. To be fair, he did tell me the story and that I can kind of understand it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So obviously you've got these like lily acts. Yes. But you said you started off kittening or yes. otherwise known as stage managing like yeah. clothes pickup basically. Yeah. 
when it's kitten anyway when you stage manage i think it's a bit more involved yeah i was like always taught that when you start off in the burlesque world obviously you start at the bottom and you work your way up that's normal in any industry Mm. um and kittening is the what you start off with it helps you understand how a show works you get to see other you get to watch other performers um, and learn from them. And you which, meet them too. Yeah, and you, you get, get to, to meet them as well. Them yeah, and interact with them. And I was so blessed because obviously Ruby, like Lolo hired me first and it was like mostly like a, a a family show, which we weren't really, well, we were family, but not really, you know, the family fierce as you know today. Yeah. Um, And it was just loads of fun. It was just, you know, hanging out with your friends, meeting other performers and like networking and stuff. And, and that was great for me because I, you know, I was so theatre bound. And then yeah. obviously... And the confidence thing as yeah, well. Yeah, the confidence thing. getting to interact with such Absolutely. cool people and yeah. have them enjoy yeah. being around you and relaxing, Yeah, so. and I'd watched other, like, I'd watched other kittens before and, you know, they literally just picking up the clothes and, like, you do setups, you know, if any, you know, anyone needs a chair or a table or props or whatever on there. And, um... You just try and be as, like, unobtrusive yeah. as possible, yeah. really. You're the, and that's... I think that's super theatery because, like, theatre stage managers basically try to like not be seen stay, at all. Yeah, stay out of the way. Yeah. Like, they're to, in the background to preserve the illusion of the theatre, even yeah. though they're standing there bringing a table. Yeah, on. they're dressed in black, so they're invisible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't count. Which yeah, isn't that a tradition? That's a. I think that's a no theatre tradition that if you're wearing black, or it's one of. It's a Japanese theatre tradition that if you're wearing black, you are technically invisible on yes. stage. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so. Western world, we're stealing cultures <laughs> all the time. Yeah, look at the movie scene now. Mm. Yeah, kittening. And I was kind of told that you're just meant to be really pretty, really sexy, you know, just kind of, you know. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, and at Geraintrium, that's what it kind of, you know, kind of starts off. I pick and be kind of cute and wouldn't talk, or wouldn't say anything, say hello. And that was pretty much it if I was spoken to, you know, speak if spoken to. Um, but obviously as silently as you know whatever is possible um and it was Cairo who got me like go-going um during the Gerachim show um like she pulled me up on stage and was like you know being all sexy and I was like being all uncomfortable because I generally was uncomfortable I was like what the fuck so I was like doing traditional Thai dancing oh yes this is so nice (laughs) and then she was just like I'm gonna get a drink like you better make some money otherwise we're deporting you and like left me on stage and like I looked out in the audience and like loads of people were just watching and I was like oh fuck what do I do I'm gonna have to do something so like this awesome track came on and I just like went for it and it was great and like I had like um I had my sister's like traditional like Lao wedding dress mm-hmm. like on but Cairo had like kind of modified it so it was really short at the front and I had like a little pouch and that's where I was collecting all the tips from I was like if I dance for you you put money in my snatch that was like the little pocket thing and actually she you know we did pretty good with the tips nice yeah um so that's like how it kind of started and i kind of thought to myself and i was like hang on a sec why do i have to be seen and not heard i like being in the limelight yeah i started talking on stage and like interacting on stage and i guess with all the acting training yeah it's one of the best things yeah i think yeah i I mean i love character work it's one of my favorite things and that's you know and there's nothing more i love with getting a script and making the character your own 
and like picking up little details like you know how they would stand or how they would move their hands and little like hand gestures and you know head movements and how they would talk and like I love all that I love I love creating characters and like Lily was just so much fun because mm. she's so naive in a sense and so ditzy but so honest all at the same time and that's what I love that's what I love about being Lily and doing Lily is is the honesty like I think the Asian in me really doesn't say what I think a lot of the times you know I mostly play coy or like just don't say anything just don't don't nope mm. keep your mouth shut you know but with Lily it's great because I can just do it in a really cute way and just call someone out when they're being racist I get people who are just like I didn't realise that that was your actual you know this was your actual voice and they're like oh Bet you feel real racist now. Because <laughs> I genuinely, genuinely don't understand how with a high pit voice like this... How can that not be How can that not be a put-on voice? Yeah, how can that not be a character? <laughs> it's a character. There's, like, no way. But some people genuinely believe that that's my accent. That's nuts. And they genuinely, like, think... They're like, oh, you're so cute. And I'm like, well, you don't really know me. I will say, it's... There's something really... Because you said Lily's really fun. There is something really fun about that high-pitched, cutesy kind of voice. Yeah, you can't hate her. It's really difficult. She's lovely. She's just... Even when the most obscene things come out of her mouth, she's lovely. And, okay, this is something I'm, like, desperately curious about. Because you were saying, like, no body confidence, terrified of, like, even stripping in front of your friends. Yeah. People who've seen Lily probably ascribe to her a quality of being quite open sexually i would imagine that's that's the thing that she is yeah that's that's the thing if i put it in a very delicate british way she's rather free with her descriptions and verbally yeah i am incredibly overly sexed like i (laughs) i i'm i'm incredibly filthy like really filthy if i can like but i also i i Part of it is I think so I play to it quite a lot. Mm. I do play to it. Well, because and I, there is that also that. That is part of the Western stereotype is the, like, submissive Asian woman. Yes. Who, like, loves it. Oh, and anal sex. Loves anal sex. Yeah. yeah. Loves why, anal sex. Why that? Why, why specifically? I find that so bizarre. I, don't, I genuinely don't know the answer to that. I, I think I just... It is mostly because I like watching people's reactions, so I like to see how far I can go. Mm. And that's that's just that's that's me in general. That's that's Lily and like my Muggle self. Like, that's we share a really common interest in that. Um, I how think, far can you push it? Yeah, how far can I? I, I, I and I've always done it. It's done with everything. Like everyone pushes their parents till they can find the line. I'll I'll find the line and I'll go further. Mm. Like I really will push the line as far as I can. So when I think of Lily Snatchdragon, I don't just think Western stereotypes yeah. of Asian women. I don't just think of your amazing pouring baked beans over yourself or giving a blow up doll a hand jobby. Yeah, do you know I have to do that act of like, do you want an X rated, double X or triple X? I actually have to like ask them how rated they want it. And it's not just like the hilarious, slightly blunt, ditzy, naive stage manager. I totally associate you with the gay scene, drag queens, that whole side of Yay. slightly more performance arty type. Do you know what it is? I love how camp everyone is. <laughs> And, you know, like, I think having been, you know, brought into the the family fierce, already having, th- like, three drag queens, 
who are amazing. The whole aesthetic of it is what I really love. I love the makeup, I love the time, I love the effort. I love how free it is with costuming. And this isn't just because she's in the room either, <laughs> but like Maxi, Maxi Moore was the one that really actually made me appreciate drag in a whole mm. a lot more. Because like for me seeing drag was, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race, like I saw a lot of like, and I know people, some people hate the term, but like the whole fit, I know it's a term that everyone understands. So it's like fishy. Yeah. Like for me, like a drag queen, I thought had to be fishy. But then meeting, you know, then Mr. Mistress and Meth and, you know, and Maxie as well. I mean, Cairo is quite fishy in that sense. You know, she's a beautiful, beautiful woman. She's stunning. Um, but Maxie is so abstract. Mm. And, like, she would talk to the things she's going to, like, things she would dress, like, how she's going to dress or what costumes she's going to wear. And I would genuinely think, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. And then she would come out the final product and it would literally blow my mind. And I was like, I want to do that. Mm. Like having, with like, in a sense of like in regards to like burlesque and stuff, like it's, you know, for me, and I'm not saying this is like law or it's Bible, you know, or anything. But like for me, when I was looking at classical, it was the whole, you know, you had a little bit of a uniform. Yes. Do you, do you know what I mean? I would totally agree with that. There's a very strong image that comes up when you say yeah. classic burlesque. It's beautiful corset, lots of rhinestones, probably fans. Yeah, feathers and heels. like organza and yeah, you know, floaty. There are certain materials that go into lace that. and silk. Yeah, and blah blah blah. And I can wear that and I can pull it off, but I don't just want to stick with that. Like I've got far too many interests. So you've done a lot of kittening and also you've developed some brilliant acts which I love seeing and you're obviously I feel like I see you around everywhere yeah I like to get around <laughs> <laughs> I like to get around but I know recently you kind of branched out into comparing briefly gave it a go how did you feel about it do you know what I was terrified because everyone like everyone like a lot in the family was like yeah you should try doing it you should do it go ahead and I was like no <laughs> no Lily's just a sidekick Lee's a sidekick and it was like it was really scary because I really didn't think I could do it I didn't know what I was going to say or what I would do and stuff and um Vivacity actually booked me for my first comparing job um but I actually like and I was like terrified she was like give it a go what do you think you know you'll have this person with you and it'll be perfect, it'll be fine. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know. But then Meth um, asked me to do one of her Meth Labs. So it wasn't one of the RuPaul Drag Race ones, it was one of the other ones, she couldn't make it. She asked me to say, you know, make it a Lily Lab. Just go ahead and do it. So I got to kind of like produce my own show and host. And what I- was it? It was, it was amazing. It was, it was amazing. Like, I, to be honest, I can't really tell you very much about it because I don't really remember what happened. And it was really tough. And I repeated a lot. And I, I don't know, I feel like there was a lot of dead space. But you know, you're your own worst critic, so. Oh, completely, absolutely. Yeah, so for me, like, I knew I could have done better, but it was fine, like, it went really well. well but I was- the competitive thing is also, like, competitive with yourself. So if you're like- Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're like, I could have done better, I'm sure you did great, but like there's always that voice in your head that's <coughs> like, could have done better, could have done 
Yeah. Totally understand where that comes from. Because it's really tough. Like, a compare job is really, really tough. Really tough. Like, I didn't realise how tough it was. You know, you're having to think about you know, introducing people. And the end of the day, if you fuck up introducing someone, it can kind of put a down on the actual act that's going. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If if you don't get the audience like make the you know, make it impressive enough or whatever. Yeah. Then this poor person has to save the audience mm. by working like three times as hard. Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah, so, and having to introduce this, like, is your introduction worthy enough of the, of the person? And, like, the fillers in between, like, what do you say? Like, how do you... It's really scary. It's a big job. It is a big job. A big and job. I don't think people realise how big of a job it is. Because the combat can totally make or break a night. Absolutely. Hands down. If you have, like, you know, it's like, well, the compare was shit, but... Well, the acts are really good, and it's like, well, that's such a shame. Mm. That's such a shame. It's like there's nothing worse listening to bad jokes or like. So how? What's the future for Lily Snatchdragon? There are. So, I've got so many exciting things coming up. Like, cause I mean, yeah, really exciting things. Cause I was, I've just been shortlisted, um, for best newcomer of the London Cabaret Awards. Yeah. And that's on March the 9th. Tickets are available online. Um. And I mean, like, I'm I'm up against you know two other amazing performers. But and it's but it's just an honour to be nominated anyway. Gonna be doing Joe King's show. Yay! And tickets are also available online because that's um that's on Mar- uh, February the sixth. Also in February the twentieth, I'll be at the Resistance Gallery for Lucha Britannia. And also because I do the Meth Labs with like the RuPaul Drag Race, so we've got you know House of Edwards as well coming up. Bedla so cool. Crow, it was announced. Uh-huh. So yeah, we've, I've got I've been in contact with Rachel Rachel Rostad, mm-hmm. who um, I first saw online in a button poetry slam, um, and she did uh, two JK Rowling from Cho Chang. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's brilliant. And I messaged her because I'd quite like to do it. I'm gonna be doing something with her. Like we're kind of like I'm using. She's given me permission to use that material wow that's so cool yeah that's so cool it's so yeah. really arty stuff going yeah on. i'm really excited Loads i of think creativity ahead yeah i think i just like the thing is like like it takes me a really long time to come up with acts because it because for me when i do acts they're like little bits of theater that's yeah. my new thing so that's so cool i've got a couple of acts in the line which i'm definitely gonna do i'd like to give comparing a bit more of a go yeah i think i've got a new club night with a colleague at the Black Cap, where I work as a muggle during the day. Um, but we've got a new club night. Um, and, uh, it's called Iconic. So Iconic Presents. And our first night is on the 27th of February. And the theme is Pink Ladies. And it's kind of like an interactive. So we're going to play the movie. <coughs> I've got some amazing performers. So I'm kind of like delving into that bit. That's so exciting. Yeah. Loads of stuff coming up. Loads, loads and loads of stuff. Lots of other stuff on the line, which I can't reveal. So I'm going to ask you the question. Okay. The big question I warned you about. What is the best thing that's happened to you on stage? And what's the worst thing that's happened to you on stage? Best thing has actually been recently. And that was at Lucha last, last month. And they did this whole like scenario, story scenario, where the, you know, the, Bakewell boys came on and they were talking to their granddad who's like part you know scene and um 
they were like, oh, you know, we want an advance on the inheritance. They're like, we can't. And I was like, I can't, because I've spent it all. And that's when I was due out to come out in my Thai Beginnings Act. And I was sitting in the bag, like, waiting. I was in the bag for about five minutes. And they were, you know, like, I was waiting. And I was like, oh, my God. This is brilliant. And it's just because being part of, like, a story, it felt like my burlesque and theatre was all coming together. And, like, doing my act, like, the entire time during my act. And it is like going on stage in a carriage, you come off and you've no idea what you've just done. It was a bit like that, but I've got flashbacks. And I just remember feeling so incredibly happy and loving what I was doing and looking at everyone's faces and like seeing them like being part of this of li of like Lily's story and it was really nice and I came off like in euphoria and that's one of the best things for me going on stage knowing that you've done a good job and you've loved it at the exact same time. It, for me, it was like I wasn't even performing to anyone. And I've never felt so comfortable taking my clothes off. That's so... I, I mean, the worst, like, I haven't really had any, like, really bad ones. Because each... Anything that, like, bad mishaps or whatever happens, it's always an experience. And it's always something different. Mm. I've had, like, costume malfunctions where I've just made it into a joke. And I've had to, like, get a member of the audience to actually take off my thing. You know, my, <laughs> my skirt. So I made something out of it. I've had it where like I was in the middle of doing my massage act but like my track just my CD didn't work so it started it was like it started and I started like lip syncing doing my act and then it just cut off and then I was like you know rewind pretend it didn't happen let's go again again it must have been this, like I think the CD was fucked but like whatever happened and I was like shit and I'm on stage and like I'm like I don't know what to do and I just went do you know what play anything I can dance to anything so he just plays like some Shakira track which doesn't really go with what I'm what I do with my act but you know you just make it work yeah so I don't really see bad things as like a bad experience mm. thank you so much Absolute for pleasure. sitting and chatting with me today it's been super no, fun no thank you so much for having me so if people want to follow you on the internet where can they find you out in the cyber world uh, give me some links I'm on Instagram at Lily Snatch and the same on Twitter. Lily spelled L. Oh, Lily spelled L-I-L-L-Y, capital S-N-A-T-C-H. Yeah. Um, sadly, the Facebook police have made me change my name. So I'm under Lily S. Johnson. Lily not married. <laughs> not married. Very British name. Mm. Why I choose it. Twitter. Twitter. Oh yeah, Twitter Lily Snatch as well. And Lily Snatch. But I've got lots of shows coming up, so mostly Facebook is is the best way to reach. I'm not very good with technology. <laughs> if you want to see Lily in action. Yeah, if you want you to see... You have multiple chances in 2015. Yes, yes, you In do. the very immediate... Thank you, listeners. I've been your host, Rosie Cole. You can also find me on the internet. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rosie Cole Dancer. You can find me on Twitter at Rosie underscore Cole. You can find me on my website, rosiecole.com. I love getting emails from people. And uh, as performers, we are nothing without our audience. So thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful night.